the screen, which had already made the day unforgettable, and the sensation of looking into the face of my son at the halfway point between his conception and his birth. I had lived in Japan for sixteen years, and I knew, or believed that I knew, a good deal about earthquakes. I had certainly experienced enough of them. Since 1995, when I settled in Tokyo, 17,257 tremors had been felt in the capital alone. A spate of them had occurred two days earlier. I had sat out the shaking, monitored the measurements of magnitude and intensity, and reported them online with a jauntiness that now makes me ashamed. At Dick L.P., Wednesday, March 9th, 2011, 11.51.51. Earthquake, 11.53.14. Epicenter, Miyagi Prefecture. Tsunami warning in place on northern Pacific coast. In Tokyo we are shaken but not stirred. 12.01.04. More tremors. 12.16.56. At Liverpolitan NYC. All fine here, thanks. Its wobble was worse than its bite. 16.09.39. Latest on today's Japan earthquake horror. Ten centimeter tsunami reported in Iwate Prefecture. That's almost as deep as my washing-up water. The following day, there had been another strong tremor in the same zone of the Pacific Ocean off northeast Japan. This one, too, could be felt as far away as Tokyo, but even close to the epicenter it caused no injury or significant damage. The Thursday morning quake brought the number of quakes felt in Japan since Wednesday to more than 30, Kyodo News Agency reported and plenty of them were strong tremors, not the subterranean shivers detectable only by scientific instruments. The seismologists warned of the potential for a powerful aftershock in the next week or so, although crustal activities were expected to subside. Clusters of proximate earthquakes are known as swarms, and they can be the precursor to large tremors and even volcanic eruptions, but although many seismic disasters are preceded by such omens, the converse is not true. Most swarms buzz past without any destructive crescendo. I had reported on this phenomenon a few years earlier, when a swarm of earthquakes hinted at a potential eruption of Mount Fuji. Nothing of the kind had happened then. Clusters of lesser earthquakes continued to come and go, and there was no reason for particular attention or alarm this week. Not that there was much else happening in Japan that day, certainly not of international interest. The Prime Minister was resisting half-hearted demands that he resign over a political funding scandal. The Governor of Tokyo was expected to announce whether he would stand for another term. Ibaraki Airport marks first anniversary, noted one of the news agency's headlines. Snack maker debuts on Tokyo Stock Exchange, mumbled another. Then at 2.48pm came an urgent single-line bulletin. Breaking news. Powerful quake rocks Japan. I had felt it about a minute earlier. It began mildly and familiarly enough with gentle but unmistakable vibrations transmitted upward through the floor of the office, followed by a side-to-side -side swaying. With the motion came a distinctive sound, the glassy tinkling of the window blinds as their vinyl ends buffeted against one another. The same thing had happened two days earlier and passed quickly. So even when the glass in the windows began to rattle, I stayed in my chair. At Dick L.P., Friday, March 11th, 2011, 1447.52, another earthquake in Tokyo, 1447.59, strong one.
1448-51. Strongest I've ever known in sixteen years. By the time the sliding drawers of the filing cabinets gaped open, my sang-froid, as well as my typing, was beginning to fail me. From the tenth-floor window, I could see a striped red-and-white telecommunications mast on the roof of a building a hundred yards away. I told myself, when that mast starts to wobble, I'll move. As the thought took form in my mind, I noticed that a much closer structure, an arm of the same building in which I was sitting, was flexing visibly. Very quickly, indeed, I bent myself into the narrow space beneath my desk. Later, I read that the vibrations had lasted for six minutes. But while they continued, time passed in an unfamiliar way. The chinking of the blinds, the buzzing of the glass, and the deep rocking motion generated an atmosphere of dreamlike unreality. By the time